Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol, and we are back. Uh, the normal crew here. It feels like it's been forever since Zach and I have sat down and done a podcast. It's really only been like, what, four four days? <laughs> but it, it felt like far too long. Glad to be back. Uh, I tried to hold up, you know, the uh, the podcast all on my shoulders, but I realized I couldn't do it without you. Yesterday. You know, it was it was impressive though, valiant effort. Hopefully, I can talk a little more than you today to still give those vocal cords some rest. What eighty one minutes? Yeah, I needed like a guest or something, you know, to come on halfway through. Like that's how those radio guys do yeah. it. Bring on guests, you know, play some audio. It was just me, just. Just talking as long as I could. I gotta ask on a on a scale of completely ice frozen to thawed, where are you at right now coming back from Chicago? Bro, <laughs> what's the temperature out? Do you know what the temperature out is? Oh today? man. You would you would fry if you went outside today. It's probably like forty one. The temperature outside right now is twenty nine degrees. Twenty nine. <laughs> That's T shirt weather. <laughs> no joke. It is so much warmer here. Like if, and you if, had the big coat there, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Full-on winter coat, hoodie underneath, <laughs> shirt underneath that, zip the winter coat all the way up to like cover as much as my face as possible, still freezing. And you still were drinking iced coffee. Still drinking iced coffee. <laughs> Any temperature? There's no temperature too cold for iced coffee. So is it at a point where you just not drink the coffee if it's that cold? Um... No, I'll just still drink iced coffee. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. But I did find out a little stipulation about this iced coffee thing. What's you can that? you can have hot coffee if it's not your first cup of coffee. Is that right? Here's the thing. <laughs> if you need a hand warmer, hot coffee is okay. Okay. And yesterday I actually even um I was indoors and I needed a hot drink. Just because I was trying to type, and my fingers were so cold I couldn't type. You're in Starbucks where they have all the windows, and, and they just weren't thick enough? Yeah, I looked like like a homeless person or something. I was trying to see <laughs> if I could use the, the light that was hanging over my 
um, table as like a hand warmer. I was oh like putting my, my I was putting my hand up to the light bulb, and I was like, "This isn't working. I'm gonna have to order a hot a hot coffee." So you almost order a tea and just put your hand in it. Oh, that that would have been a good idea. I went to the bathroom like three different times just to put my hand under the the hand dryer. Like it's stupid cold. I had no idea. How do what is it? Isn't it the third biggest city in the United States? How do so many people live there? They just talk about the summer. Mm, it's true. Uh, the lakes. Uh, like, there's two seasons in Chicago: the summer and talking about the summer. <laughs> All every, literally every person I met was like, "Oh, bro, you should see this place in the summer. Oh, just wait till summer. Oh, summertime shy. Oh, wait for you." And I'm like, I'm like, you realize that's kind of a long ways away. <laughs> Like, you guys got to have something to look forward to, like, this weekend. And their summer is probably, like, two months. You know, it's not like the four or five month winter. Right. I was riding in an Uber today, and, and my Uber driver told me that, he, like, the winter is seven months long. <laughs> He's like, it starts getting cold, <laughs> and it's cold for seven months. And then you don't see the sun. You don't see the lake because it's frozen over. There's nothing. Man, great city. A lot of respect for the city. <laughs> I think it's super cool. The people remind me a lot of people in Colorado. Mm. Just very chill, laid back vibes. Dude, I, I I used to think I could live there. I don't think I could live there. It's too damn cold. <laughs> it is. <sighs> also, everyone walks everywhere when it's that cold. How? I don't because I guess no one has cars. It's kind of like New York City, but pe- like people are just walking all over the place. And the funny thing is, is you're a Colorado native, just like I am. Everyone from out of state that's either never been here or only been here on trips, is that whenever you mention Colorado, they're like, "Oh my God, it's so how do you stand it there? It's so cold." No, so much warmer than so many other places. Also, trash water, <laughs> like all places. But I, I've got a nice bottle right here of ice cold Colorado water. And it, when I was there, I couldn't even drink cold water because it was too too cold for cold water. And not not for iced coffee though. <laughs> And I can confirm that Indianapolis's was just the same. Oh, man. uh, Oh, I had one more thing to say on Chicago. Cold. Windy. I I lost my train of thought. (laughs) I don't know. But food was good. So that they've got that going for them. I had had some grilled octopus last night. Wow. It was incredible. Fancy. Now, if you had a hot dog, do they do the same thing that they do with the pizza? And instead of a bun... Could you get like a sausage, sausage wrap? <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to do that. That was actually the most heartbreaking part of, of my no trip. Hot no at hot dog at all. No hot dog. Wow. I'm disappointed. You should be proud. <laughs> I'm dis- I have discipline. Uh, I have discipline. Not, there's no D on that. Okay. <laughs> Let's uh, do our jobs now and talk about the Broncos. And w- we discussed before the combine who would be the pick and i was still on the quarterback train you were off the quarterback train um smartly and now that the combine is behind us i kind of want to update this and again these things are fluid as you've already seen we're about to flip-flop you know or at least i'm about to flip-flop for sure on my pick from before the combine and it'll probably change again at least once probably like three times before we get to the end here but i just for the sake of the exercise i want to know where we stand now so zach where do we stand now we stand in a different place than we stood before the combine i like the broncos to do about the least sexy thing fans are not going to be happy about it at the moment they're going to take a step back and say 
It was a responsible thing to do, but they're not going to be happy. And it's not going to be the most exciting thing to cover, but Ryan, the Broncos at 10 are going to trade back. Okay, all right. That's where I thought you were going, but there was another route I thought you could go. I was like, is he going here? But okay. They're going to trade back, and then what? And then it's going to get even least sexier. Less sexy. Less sexy, yeah. There you go. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Not quite least sexier. (laughs) They're going to go cornerback, just like I projected last week. But none of these cornerbacks are jumping out and saying, I'm a top 10 pick. So there's no reason to use a top 10 pick on a player that isn't isn't thought of as a top 10 pick. So you trade back, and you may trade to 20. You may trade to 22. I mean, it's a big step back, and you're taking Byron Murphy, Mm. kid from Washington. Last last week, I thought it was Greedy Williams. He may have hurt his stock more than any other first-round pick last week. Uh, It was was bad, especially with the way it, it blends with the Broncos, too, and with Fangio saying that about tackling. So I think it's between Baker from Georgia and Byron Murphy. I think the Broncos go Byron Murphy. Okay. You know how... um, (laughs) You've got a smile on your face. (laughs) You know how when you first become roommates with someone, you're like instantly best friends (laughs) and you want to do everything together. And then after you've been together for a certain amount of time, you start being like kind of annoyed by little things they're doing. You don't want to live there anymore. I have no idea where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's happening with us because we used to never disagree. Now we disagree on everything. I love it. So we're, we're, we're at our fallout stage. Is that what you're right, saying? Yeah, we're like, exactly. <laughs> so tell me in this roommate scenario, is there a getting back together stage? Nope. It just ends just with you done. never talking. Again. <laughs> we're just going to turn the podcast off and just be silent. Yeah, this will be a rough job. <laughs> um, but anyways, I do not think the Broncos are going to do that. Though I, mm. I, I totally see that route. Like I, I, I don't find that to be far-fetched in any way, shape, or form. But... The free agent market for cornerbacks is pretty flush with talent. Hmm. There's a lot of different ways you can go, whether it's Bryce Callahan or Kevin Johnson or um, Kareem Jackson. There's a lot of options out there for ways you can get better at corner in free agency. There's a couple at linebacker, but it's not nearly as much. And again, you're pay- you're going to have to pay a lot of money because everyone wants everyone wants C.J. Mosley. You know, everyone can see the way that he would fit in their defense. Plus, C.J. Mosley isn't the best in coverage. So, you can see where I'm going with this. Mm. I do believe at 10, the Broncos will pick Devin White. Wow. I think Elway swallows his, I don't know what it is, disdain for the position. I think that's way too strong. But he puts aside his, his belief that you can just get guys late and plug them in. And he abides by Vic Fangio and gives Vic Fangio a guy who can be a all pro linebacker in this system. That's the way I feel right now because like I I see the path. I'm like, okay, they go get corners, one, maybe two in free agency. And then they come in and say, oh, we'll, we'll go get a, a linebacker in the draft. He'll be cheap on the grand scheme of things. The Broncos are going to pay that 10th pick about $3 million. Um, and that's still getting a cheap linebacker. But now you have you know a guy who has the potential to be one of the best linebackers in the league. I don't love the cornerbacks out in free agency. I don't, and, and I've I've come down on those guys. And if you get one of those guys, then you you may have kind of a, an answer there for a few years. And that's 
not John. John wants three guys there. So that's why I think they go corner in the first round. But my question to you is, and I, I know how you'll initially respond to this, you think Devin White's going to be there at 10? Hmm. My least favorite uh, <laughs> conversation. When are the Broncos just going to pick number one overall? So I never have to have the <laughs> is he going to be there conversation. Uh, even if the Broncos were picking number one overall, people would be like, I don't know if he's going to be there at one. Might have to trade up to get him. May go in free agency. Yeah. Um, I think there's a good chance. I, I, it's not a lock. Uh, you know, the only lock you could say here is that there will be a cornerback available for you at 10, you know, um, if you wanted to, to pick at 10. But I don't think there's any real lock of Devin White being there. I think there's a really good chance, though. And look at, you know, Roquan is a perfect example last year. Roquan and Devin White, in terms of their buzz coming out, are very similar, except they're, they're different style players. But everyone was saying Roquan's a top five player in the draft. And I say that I would say the same thing about Devin White, but he's, he was there at 10. So I think there's a good chance. I know everyone's talking about the Buccaneers. Are the Buc- I mean, you could say the same thing about the Broncos. Are the Buccaneers really in a position to, to pick a linebacker? Like, I feel like they need so much more. They need to figure out a way to help Jameis Winston. Um, and it is really funny how you can make the exact same conversation. Just put Broncos and Flacco right, but in they, there. But they have an offensive head coach who came in there to fix their quarterback that they really should already be admitting is a bust. But he came there to get the offense figured out. Vic Fangio, as weird as it may be because it's there's not nearly as much problems, came here to get the defense right. And so I can make the, the argument, and I can see the argument for why Vic Fangio, the greatest linebackers coach in the history of the NFL – needs a linebacker to run his, to do his thing. That is a I can sell that much more than I can sell the Buccaneers going linebacker. They got to I mean they they have to do something that helps Jameis Winston that they can say okay this this gives him a better chance at succeeding. I don't know what that is, but they got to do that. And I don't disagree with you. And there is a lot of buzz the past 48 hours about the Bucks really having interest in Devin White. But let's say he is Roquan Smith. Roquan went eight. Okay. He's not He's not there for you at 10. So then uh, this— For some reason, I thought he went 10. This seems crazy to me. But, Ryan, in the past 24 hours, there's been a decent amount of buzz. Or I shouldn't say buzz. I should say people questioning, should the Broncos trade up? To get Devin White. No. I mean, we've talked about this before. You don't trade up unless you're getting your quarterback. Actually, I should say, you don't trade up unless you're getting a franchise-altering player. Hmm. And that's not a knock on Devin White. I just truly believe there's there are very rare cases of anyone that's a franchise-altering player that isn't a quarterback. Like who? Like uh, Von Miller. Okay. Like, if you have a player of that caliber... That's that's there. I I can say okay, you should trade up to get Von Miller, because I think Devin White could be that good, but you have to take the position and the value of the position with that. And also, and this only applies to where the Broncos are currently, but it's also it doesn't fall in line with the way that John Elway feels about the quarterback position. I really don't think John Elway is thinking we have to get our quarterback of the future at some point, like. We've always been saying everything has to be done with the plan in mind to get the quarterback of the future. Still agree with it. And so do I. I don't think John Elway's thinking that way. And I talked about this a bit yesterday on the podcast. I think John Elway is saying, 
not only do do we for sure have a quarterback locked in for the next three years, but this guy could play here in Denver until he's 40. And, and like I said yesterday, the median age of Denver Broncos Super Bowl winning quarterbacks is 38. So John Elway sitting there saying, hey, he's I mean, he's four years away. You know, he's got and again, I said this yesterday. I said Joe Flacco has seen any and everything you can see in the NFL. The amount of experience that he has over a first year quarterback is absurd. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's played, you know, every team in the league. He's seen every defense. He he's so experienced. And John Elway, I can really see him sitting there saying, "Look, it took me till the end of my career to finally figure out how to do this." That was what, 17 years, 16 years. He's like, "These young guys aren't going to be able to pull it. They're not going to be able to pull it off. Why would I get a young guy when I can get a guy who's already been through all the trials and tribulations? Not to mention he already won one." I can just get that guy here, and he's not going to have to wait. And kind of going off uh, on this tangent, remember how much John Elway was bashed for taking Brock Osweiler in the second round when you knew Peyton Manning was still going to be here for a few years, and this was a not-a-win-now move. It was a move for the future, Made and, no sense. and he was bashed for it. Now, in the end, Brock Osweiler was critical to the Super Bowl run, and I agree with you. If it helped you win a Super Bowl, it was a good pick, but before that— there was evidence to say, what in the world were they doing? Should, should have gone and got a defensive player. Should have got an offensive lineman for Peyton. Should have got a starter because in the second round, you do that. Well, did John listen to everyone? And and now this year, he's, he's saying, okay, not just in the first round are we not going to get a quarterback, but I'm not using any day two picks to get a quarterback. Sure, fourth, fourth fifth, sixth, we can do that, but not in the first two days. That's kind of feels like that. It does, and unless you know Skangs, is, it just goes into his office. Is like, I need Rippin. We got to get him in the third round. Don't let him slip by us. Which, even if he said that, John could be like, "All right, buddy, good for you, bud." <laughs> uh, he, he fully could do that, but maybe you know he says, "Okay, you know, I'll I'll get you Rippin in the third. I mean, that's what Skangs did with Nick Mullins. Now that was an undrafted free agent, but he said, "Like, you guys got to give me this one." And the John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan looked at him like he was crazy, they even legit, for an undrafted guy. They legit laughed at him. <laughs> they they were clowning him yep. for bringing in Nick Mullins, and they're like, whatever, Skanks. And then he turned him into a decent starter in, what, his second year in the league? Yep. So um, that's kind of like his like Trevor Simeon moment. Um, but uh, I think you're right. I just – I don't know. I, going back to the pick at 10 – I just I'm I, maybe I'm tricking myself into believing that John Elway will empower his head coach. It's like if you get Cliff Kingsbury, you got to give him Kyler Murray if he wants Kyler Murray. If you get Vic Fangio, you got to give him Devin White. Like, what is the po- I don't know. It's like what's the point of getting a guy who does something really really well and then not empowering him in that regard? Tell me if you think this is a happy medium between the two. At ten, you trade back whether it's to 15, whether it's in the 20s, and you draft Devin Bush because he was supposed to be kind of a a light version of Devin White, a late first-round pick. Devin White blows the combine away, right? Devin Bush was nearly the exact same. I mean, like .01 seconds slower than him in the 40s, so still blew that away. And then 
literally was like point zero one away from everything else of him, and I think he out jumped him by like three inches. Yeah, and there there were there was one other thing that he did better than Devin White as well. So, what is that a happy medium? John gets to trade back. We know he does like moving around in the first round, and then that's also him saying, "Okay, it's it's him talking himself into it." Okay, John. Wasn't a top 10 pick. We picked up an extra, heck, maybe it's a first round pick if you move to 21 or an extra third and second round pick. And then Fangio gets his guy still. Yeah. I mean, um, that's certainly fair. But here's here's the dream scenario. Mm. You trade Can't back. Can't involve Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> you trade up to number one and draft <laughs> Kyler Murray, and then you just don't do anything else. Else. No. The dream scenario for what we've been talking about today is – could you trade back I, – I, there'd have to be a team that, that fits this regard, but a team that has an early second-round pick and a late first-round pick, and they use that – they trade both of them to you to get up to 10, and then you can get Devin Bush, and then Byron Murphy or DeAndre Baker falls, and you get both. That's it. That That is the dream scenario right there. You get two studs. You get two first-round picks. And, Ryan, we've always talked about how there are – Always a, fir- a few first-round picks that fall, but you have to be in the first three or four picks to get them because every team in the second round wants those guys. You, a 10, the Broncos sitting at 41 in this year's draft, seems pretty good. They're close. They're close to the first round. The first-round players are gone by then. This is a dream scenario. And, and look, the Broncos have so many needs. Vic Fangio said it. So if you can do that, it's a win. I've got it. I've got it. I, I, mm. That one might have been a little too unrealistic. Let me just – I'm pulling up the draft order here from one of these trash sites that takes forever to load. Subscribe to bsndenver.com. It doesn't take forever to load. <laughs> um, Don't tell me you're eyeing the Raiders. N- no. Okay, I only got uh, – this didn't help me. Uh, <laughs> trash websites. Um, what you do is you trade back and you get this team's pick at, you know, 17 or whatever – and or 21 and they also trade you a second round pick so they trade you a first and a second and even if it's a late second then you have your 41st overall pick in their late second round pick then you you use package both of those trade up into the top of the first round or the second round and then you get your corner hmm so devin bush with, with one of the corners that are there yeah or if you love Byron Murphy, you trade, you know, uh, you trade back a little bit, draft Byron Murphy, and then trade up to where you have to to get Devin Bush. Hmm, that's enticing. It's enticing. I like it. That is, that makes you feel real good, especially it, when you added Bryce Callahan too in free agency. It makes you feel real good. Now, Ryan, how would you feel about the Broncos? Devin Devin White goes five. He goes eight. He's gone. How would you feel about them drafting Devin Bush at ten? Too early. How would you feel about the Broncos drafting Greedy Williams at 10? It's not a fit. How would you feel about the Broncos drafting um, DeAndre Baker at 10? Feels a little reachy. How would you feel about the Broncos drafting Byron Murphy at 10? Still feels a little early. I agree. And I think those those are guys that the Broncos like. Pretty much all of them, the Broncos like. They all feel bad at 10. 10's a weird spot to be. Yeah. Because... Unless you can get the best player at a position, you just don't feel good about the pit. You feel like you had to reach. So, you know, Devin White's there. You're saying, we're getting the best linebacker in the draft. 
Oh, man, this will make your stomach turn. I'm looking at Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft after the combine with Devin White on the board I at saw- 10. The Broncos go offensive tackle Andre Dillard from Washington State. That's what I thought you were about to say at the top of this show. And I, mm. when you were saying not sexy, it's not mm. sexy. And I was thinking, okay, he's either going to say trade back mm. or draft offensive line. I hope he says trade back. <laughs> yep. And then you're like, it's the responsible thing. And I'm like, oh, wow, where is it? Here's what I'll say, Zach. There is smoke coming out of uh, the Denver Broncos building. Just smoke. I haven't found the fire yet. <laughs> There's smoke that there there are thoughts about moving Garrett Bowles to right tackle. If that's the case, that means you either got a left tackle right here at ten, or one in the second round that you believe you know can can plug and play, or you got one in free agency. That's the only two ways you can get away with that move. Um, but when you see this from a guy who's pretty tied in. You wonder if that's what the Broncos are thinking. Let's go get another offensive tackle. Um, you put this Dillard guy in in Mike Munchak's hands, and you have something great. And then Munchak can also salvage Garrett Bowles on the right side of, of the line. To me, I hate this pick. I, I hate this pick. I'm okay with the idea. I like the idea. But especially in Andre Dillard, falls into the exact conversation we just had about these other players. What you do is you trade back into the 20s. I really think that you could get him in the 20s, but maybe not. Maybe maybe there's a run on offensive tackles that wasn't really expected in the top 10 picks. Um, But still, don't take him at 10. Don't reach. At 10, you should not be reaching. At 25... If you really want that, you want to tackle, and he's really an early second round pick. Well, you're not going to ever be able to get him if you pass up on him there. So you have to. At ten, you got to hit. It's just like last year. There's you know a little less pressure to hit than at five, but top ten pick, and this feels like a reach. It does now. Speaking of reach, Andre Dillard, great reach. <laughs> Good arms. Uh huh. Long arms, not like Jonah Williams' short arms, huh? No, he's he's got he's got the whole package for you know the prototypical left tackle. Yeah. Here's sounds like you're drafting off potential. Here, well, you're you are with a lot of these picks we're talking about, and, and that again, that's kind of the scary thing of being at ten. It's like, okay, well, here we are, but. What are what are we what are, what's gonna fall to us here? Um, something good will fall to you. Like there is a hundred percent chance that you will have the opportunity to get a ten year starter there. Yep. You got a hit though, and here's just here's just a thought. We have often been talking about okay, well you just like we're kind of saying like throw Munchak the scraps and make him figure it out <laughs> because someone has to do this right. Yep. Of all these all star coaches, you know I'm putting that in parentheses because we have seen this road once before and you wrote an article about that. Um, but, but some, like someone has to use their skills to get more out of less. And is, so is that Vic, like we've been always just saying it's mutton check, just like, ah, oh, well, got to figure it out with bulls. <laughs> like, Oh, here's Billy Turner. Um, someone's going to have to do this. Maybe it's Vic Fangio who says, who John always says, sorry, bud, you're going to have to get the best out of, you know, these two linebackers and, and we'll get you a guy in the fourth. If, if, you know, Terrell, Han- T- Terrell Hanks is there or something like that. Yep. Um, or it's, you know, uh, Munchak having to get it out of the offense. Like, one of these guys is going to have to do it. 
we've always just been throwing the scraps to Munch. Maybe it's it's not. And maybe Munchak comes in and he watches the film and he says, Jesus, you guys were sliding left all season? You had to slide towards your left tackle? I can't do that. I mean, what are you asking me to do here? You cannot have success as an offensive line sliding towards your left tackle. You're going to need to give me a left tackle so we can slide right, and then we can help Garrett Bowles out over there. But I'm not sliding left all season. Or if if we're going to have any success, there's no chance I'm doing that. And clearly the Broncos have a lot of respect for Mike Munchak, and maybe they're saying, all right, well, you know, crap. I guess we got to get him a left tackle. Let's say you have one big move in free agency, and then you have number 10, second-round pick. I'll throw the third-round pick in there as well. If you're John Elway, just on the surface, how are you dividing those between offense and defense, and which ones are you doing? It's a really good question. Um, because you're right. Do you, who, who, who do you give the resources to? Right. Everyone's pounding the table for – a different position because as Vic Fangio said, there's holes everywhere. Yep. Uh, everywhere except running back and pass rusher. Yep. So maybe you divvy it up two and two and you say, I don't even know. You flip a coin. <laughs> um, John, you had so much success this offseason. How did you do it? He's like, well, we split it up. We said, all right, call it heads or tails. Uh, um, Skangs won the first one. And so we went offense with that first pick. No, but I, can I you think you go if you could? And Trent Brown's free agency market is going to be disgusting. Yep. I mean, the tackle with Tampa Bay see, just got three years, forty-one million. What does that come out to? Just under fifteen a year. I was going to say Trent Brown could end up getting seventeen million. And people exactly because people I don't I can't remember his name off the top of my head with Tampa Bay. People were saying. Tampa Bay will probably franchise him, maybe not worth the value, and he just got almost $15 million a year. Yep. <laughs> like uh, like I said, um, Trent Brown, it's going to be gross. Yeah. How much money? He's going to be he, – he's going to get paid like a quarterback. He's oh, gonna, yeah. He's going to get close to what Joe Flacco is making. Yep. And can the Broncos afford that? Yeah, but like you said, that's your one move. And also, everyone's going to want him. Well, not everyone. Everyone that has no left tackle is going to want him, which is a lot of teams. So, if you could pull it off, I almost say, you know what, solidify that side. But it's not foolproof. And that's why I was yeah. going to say, if it was foolproof, yeah. if you were getting a guy who has been nails his whole career, yep. I would say, just pony up the cash, bite the bullet, and just say, we'll figure out the rest in the draft. Give him a blank check. Right. It's not. Mm-mm. And maybe that's a, that that works in the Broncos' favor because they believe so much in Mike Munchak. But if you're a team who doesn't have the most faith in your offensive line coach, you would be crazy to give Trent Brown $17 million. Yes. There's about – I don't want to undersell him, but just guessing, there are single-digit games – in which he puts on fantastic tape. Most of them were at the end of last season. Yep, in the playoffs. And hey, he won. The, he helped them win a Super Bowl by by finally putting it all together. But man, to just back up the truck and 
and put all your faith into this guy and for him to regress to where he was without Tom Brady being there to kind of protect him is a scary thought. Well, we haven't totally lost our roommate connection and bond because, (laughs) Ryan, you you said it exactly how I was going to say it. I like Trent Brown. Do I want him on the Broncos? Absolutely. Give him to Mike Munchak. Let him let him just take him to another level. But there's there's too many questions with, with that price tag. You can't do that. So now you go back to the drawing board. And if you need that left tackle that you're the as most sure of as you can be in one in in one off season, it's probably in the first round. And if you want to make sure that you get your guy or closest to your guy, well, you're not trading back. Because there is a chance that you trade back to 15 even, and at 13 he's snagged. At 11 he's snagged. It, And then what? And then you have to go get a corner who you don't really want, or then you're adding your second corner of the offseason because you signed Bryce Callahan in free agency. And obviously there's other players you can go and get. <sighs> I still don't like it. And that's, oh, man. We can go in circles with this because then it's like, okay, well, then make sure you get him in free agency. Well, who's that guy? There's only one, it's, really. It, exactly. It's Trent Brown. Oh, well, you can't pay him that. And it just goes in circles. Yeah. Oh, man, I would just love to talk to Mike Munchak, you know, one-on-one off to the side about does he believe in Garrett Bowles? Because I am I'm, – I, I, I feel like that's a possibility. Real quick, would you be concerned about – Garibald's attitude if he got moved to right tackle. I think I think you're concerned right now just about whatever about him getting better, his desire, his passion for the game, um, because he talks a pretty good game to the cameras. Ryan, we've seen a lot of players fool the cameras as well with with our time with the Broncos. So yeah, I think you have to be. And Munchak's a guy that is get gets the most out of his players. And this may be his most difficult challenge because Garrett Bowles is talented. He was a first-round pick. How do you get a guy to work when he doesn't want to work? You can lead the horse, but you can't force it to drink. Yep, exactly. And that's one of the toughest things in the NFL. And it drives coaches nuts. When a guy just sits there and just stares and everything you say goes right in one ear and out the other. I think Garrett Bowles would be very surprised that he would be being moved to the right side. <laughs> and and that, that just shows, I think everyone else knows he can improve. I don't know if he believes that. Well, I think he believes he can improve. I think he just thinks it's going to come, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like Paxton Lynch, and, and this is a rough comparison. I don't think he's quite on the level <laughs> of Paxton Lynch. But Paxton Lynch kind of just thought like, oh, well, like, you just come into the NFL and then you just improve by being around these people. Right. You know? Yep. I'm like, oh, I'll just take this redshirt year and the next year I'll be better. And it's like, well, no. You have to work every single day till, you know, your hands are bleeding from throwing the ball so much. Mm. That's how you take the redshirt year and get better. He just thought like, oh, yeah, I'll just be in the rooms. I'll get the flow of things, you know, chill out, and then I'll just get better. Yep. And that's kind of what I'm a little worried about with Garrett Bowles. He's like, well, I'll just get better with experience. But the thing that concerns me, and um, it's it's a big deal with tackles. You move him to right tackle, you're costing him a lot of money. Because even if Garrett Bowles, let's just say he considered he, he got better last year, right? Would you say that's fair? Yep. 
Let's just say he continues that slow build. Were he to hit free agency, even as a 29-year-old tackle, he's going to get paid because someone's going to say that's better than what we've got. Yep. If you move him to the right side, he'll probably still get paid because tackles are so, so few and far between. Guys that can actually just play, period, at all. And he can play a little bit. Um, He'll still get paid, but not nearly as much. Someone might still be willing to move him to left tackle, but they're going to do it at a discount because oh, you've been playing on the right side. So that's the only thing I worry about. You know, then you got the agent all up in a tizzy, and they're saying, "What do you? What, how are you moving us? You know, like you haven't even given us a full chance to develop." So that that's a little bit of a concern for me. But I mean, it's not it's not something that you that would stop you. It's just something that I keep in mind. And the offensive line has to be addressed. It has to, whether that's internally. And I would hate it, but if it's Jared Valdir, uh, Max Garcia, Billy Turner, and Matt Paradis that you pay, maybe you don't pay Max Garcia if you're keeping Billy Turner, and your line's the exact same as it was last year with Billy Turner at right guard, it's not good, but what if you let all those guys walk? How are you replacing them? It's going to be more expensive to replace all of those guys for worse talent than what you have right now. Which is crazy, and I think that's what people need to realize right now, is what you had last year is better than what it could end up turning out to be. Because the only two known things are right now is Garrett Bowles, whatever side he's playing, he's going to be playing on this offensive line. And Ron Leary, who's not a known commodity. You don't, you don't know how his health is going to be, and Achilles is brutal. And then I guess you could throw in Connor McGovern, but you don't know if he's a center. You don't know if he's a guard. You don't know if Mike Munchak thinks he's a starter, a solid starter, or if he thinks he's a backup guy. So really, you have one known thing on this offensive line. You know what, though? I And, and I'm just like, as we're sitting here, I'm just talking myself into this more and more. I can really see Mike Munchak saying, look, I can work with every other position, but I can't win without a left tackle. And, and Joe Flacco needs a left tackle. Right. And he's just saying, you don't have one. He says, he's saying, I can, I can win with Connor McGovern as my center. I can win with Ronald, you know, an old Ron Leary as my left guard. I can win with Billy Turner as my right guard and Valdir as my right tackle. But I can't win with Garrett Bowles as my left tackle. I, I could really see that, that scenario happening. I could too. And, and, and again, this goes back to watching the tape. It's not simply just... Garrett being one-on-one and, and, you know, whether he wins or loses. The Broncos had to change the way that offensive line works to make sure that they that Garrett had a little bit of help over there. If you watch any good team, they all put that left tackle on an island. Not every play, but on a lot of plays, they say, just take care of everything over here. Left tackle's got it taken care of over there. The Broncos did the opposite of that, and, and it was really hard on guys like Connor McGovern on the right side of the line. Connor McGovern should not be on an island with what's his name from the Jets, uh, the really good interior lineman they have. His his name is escaping yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, he should not be one on one with him. He should have interior help. You know, um, Valdir shouldn't be going one on one with the elite pass rushers in the AFC West. But because they trusted Valdir more than Bulls. That's what they were doing, and it created some really bad situations on the right side of the line, made those guys look worse than it should have, 
And I could really see Mike Menchuk saying, no way, not doing it. I, I refuse to do that. And as John Elway, as bad as it is to reach at 10, and I would not do it. It is a bad scenario. I described how bad it is. Ryan, there's two to three first-round tackles with, what, at least one of those being a late-round guy. Andre Dillard is not a top-10 pick right now. Maybe he'll shoot up after the weekend he had and and impress. He's not a top-10 pick. But let's say Juwan Taylor is already off the board. Uh, Maybe the Broncos view Jonah Williams as a guard. So what are you going to do? You're going to trade down and hope that no one else drafts a, a potential future left tackle? I mean, that that's an intriguing position to draft. So you're going to jump down 10 spots and hope no one grabs him. That is dangerous. Now, how it's different than the, than the defensive side is if you trade down with the intention of grabbing a corner, you have three options. If two of them go before you, you're fine. What are the odds that three corners are going to go in those 10 picks? Probably not very high, especially when there's so much talent uh, on on the defensive line and linebacker. If, if Devin Bush is your guy and you trade down, maybe it's a little risky because Devin White's already off the board. But let's say they, they pick him. Well, then you're fine with a corner. Or you go and get Ed Oliver. It's not your plan, but you like that. You're getting a very talented guy. If you're set, it, let's say you, you finish up the defensive side on in free agency and your goal is to get better on the offensive side, on the offensive line, and you trade back and those guys are gone, well, sure, it'd be fun to add Marquise Brown. But is that the the impact and, and the value and the position you want to? No, it's not. It's not. Man, I don't like it. I don't like it, but I see why. Real quick, you know what team could have Trent Brown at the cheapest price? Who? The New England Patriots on the franchise tag. Mm. They could get him for what, thirteen million? Yeah, they're not doing it. Nope. It's classic Patriots. Does that tell you? Does that tell you about him, or is that just more exactly what you said? A classic you, Patriots. You could talk yourself into either one. Yep. <laughs> you could say, "Oh, this is classic Patriots. They're not going to pay anyone. We'll pay this guy because we think he's the truth." Yeah. You could say, "Oh man, the Patriots could have him for four million dollars a year, cheaper than everyone else, and they're not taking him." Yeah, that's a red flag. We got to stay away. And this was the guy who everyone believed had the best chance of getting the franchise tag from New England because they don't give that out, and he still didn't get it. Yeah, and I think it's also they understand the Tom Brady, uh, Dante Scarnecchia effect. Like, it's the same thing with Peyton Manning. Manny Ramirez, who played center for the Broncos during Peyton Manning's time, wasn't even a starter in Detroit. The Broncos brought him in, and Peyton Manning made him look like a passable center. If you have a guy that good behind there, you, your offensive line doesn't have to be nearly as good. Man, it's it's the debate the next two months is you paid Vic Fangio a ton of money. Do you have to give him all the resources too in order for him to succeed? Or because you paid him all the money, can he take anything and make it succeed on the other side of the ball? Ryan, from people I've talked to, it's believed that Mike Munchak is the highest paid assistant or, or positional coach on the team, as a, to no surprise. Is that because he can take anything? He can make he can take Garrett Bowles and Connor McGovern and make them into pro bowlers? Or is it because he can take Trent Brown and keep him a pro bowler? Or take Andre Dillard and make him an all pro. Right. It's a really good it's a really interesting debate. What is the what are you paying them for? Are you paying them from a one man's trash is another man's treasure standpoint? Or are you paying them 
because they're the best and you have to I mean for me for me I'm saying if you have a head coach you got to empower them with the players and Vic Fangio probably the first to tell you good good players make good coaches yep and so just like I said everyone talks about it with the quarterbacks why is it not the same for a defensive minded head coach it should be in my opinion you want you know if, if you if you had taken Zach Taylor you'd probably be going quarterback here and you're giving Zach Taylor Drew Locke, and you're saying, let's go. Well, you, you give Vic Fangio the same thing because that's why you have him because he's the best. So give him the best to work with and go crazy on it. Maybe John Elway says, no, you guys shut it. I'm the highest paid GM for a reason. I'm going to do my job. <laughs> oh, man. what is, is there a dark horse position that we aren't thinking of? Is it D-tackle, interior defensive line? It could be, just because it truly, what Vic said, going best player available, that, that's who it could be if Devin White's off the board. Because we just went through every other position that the Broncos want, and it's all, you need to trade back to get him at best, best player available. And he said we need inside linebackers, but he also said we need to get better uh, with our interior pass rush. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the one that we aren't thinking about. The offensive line we weren't really thinking about until today. Now I'm thinking about it a lot. <laughs> um it's a very, very interesting debate. Who's the one who has to, you know, uh, turn coal into diamonds? Yep. It's, someone's going to have to do it. You just don't have the resources for everyone to get their guy to work with. Nope. Including Rich Scangarello, even though you kind of already got him his guy, as it appears. But from, from the rest of the offense, you know, well, if you're getting, you know, Trent Brown, you're obviously not getting John Brown. Or, you know, the way it is, someone's going to have to work with something and make something special that isn't special now if you're going to, uh, you know, be successful this next year. And, and from everything we know, the Broncos want to be successful this year. They want to get the wheels on the ground. And if you want to get some new wheels on the ground, you got to check out Get Around. If you're ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle for a few hours or a few days, Get Around is at your service. Get Around is a car sharing app, so you can literally unlock cars near you through their app. Better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around, make some extra money for your next vacation. Get Around's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service have you covered. Go to get.co backslash BSN and save $15 off your first rental, or visit get.co backslash BSN to sign up for free to rent your car out and start making some money fast. All right, Zach, well... We have no time to waste. Um, there are questions here, and everyone had a lot to say over the weekend, so I saved some leftovers for you. <laughs> and uh, just like Mike Munchak, I'm going to make you turn these leftovers into a, a gourmet <laughs> meal. Well, let's just jump right in from Hacksack. says, yo, I heard what Sausage sang a Harry sang, and I concur. Come to Australia. It's great. My food recommendation is my local burger spot called the Feed Bag in uh, Marabra. That's not a great name. <laughs> no, it's really it, it really reminded me of like uh, uh, oh man, I'm not even gonna say it. Just some insects. We'll go with that. Okay, for me, for me, it reminded me of like something that you use when you like you just had like jaw surgery, so you gotta use like a feed bag. God, you squish the stuff into your mouth. Yes. Oh my god. 
Yeah. Hopefully it tastes a little better than, than what we're picturing. Best chips going round. When you come here, make sure you get the Lord Beefington. Beef, pickles, mustard, smoky mayo, cheese, onion. So good. Also, being on a diet is actually killing me while I listen to this foodie slash Broncos podcast. Ryan, I don't know if you're cultured, but when he says chips, he means french fries. Oh, yeah. chips. Yep, yep. Um, hey, I'm struggling right along with you, so don't don't feel alone uh, on your dietary struggles. <laughs> he says, now, footy stuff. I've been watching Ravens offense and Bears defense from the 2018-2019 season. I think the El- I think that Elway is attempting to recreate the Super Bowl 50 run with that number one D. He got Fangio, who knows how to win with a hot defense. I'm sure they're not trading places anywhere in the draft, but taking the best player on the defensive side of the ball and going fairly heavy on defense in the draft and free agency. Do you guys think this is the plan? It worked before. Why not again? There had to be some thought of that when you went and got Vic Fangio. There had to, he had to be thinking, I still believe defense is the best way to win, um, which is funny coming from a quarterback, but a quarterback that you know got beat up by some really good defenses uh, in the playoffs in his career. So that had to be part of the thought. He went counter to the rest of the league. Everyone else wants to get you know faster on offense and you know uh, spread it out. He still wants to go under center ground and pound and, and run play action and that's fine if you have a great defense gotta have a great defense and you know what else you need to have a great punter mm. and i'm not joking when the broncos won the super bowl Britton colquitt was a maniac i mean he was on fire that matters like some some of these punters these days can flip the field if you go three and out with three incomplete passes Yep. They can still flip the field for you. Um, and that's really important if you're going to have a boring offense, which by and large is what this is comparatively to what we're seeing around the rest of the league. Now, I know we're thinking like, okay, well, they're going to mix it up and, and try and be more like Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, and they will. But I'm, I'm not going to have any faith that this is going to be some exciting offense until I see it with my own eyes. Yeah. And, man – is Joe Flacco the only resource Rich Scangarello gets this offseason? <laughs> outside of outside of maybe a B-level tight end or a B-level guard or something like that. B-level tight end. Broncos haven't had that in a long time. <laughs> That's for real. And there's only like two out there. Actually, there's one B-level guy out there, Jared Cook. I'd say he's A-level. A-level? Not If there's like A-plus level, he's not there. But... He's in the upper echelon of guys that aren't Gronk. I, well, I agree, and he's the only one. Unless you want to take a flyer on Tyler Eifert, who will just be hurt for the 16th year in a row. Well, that's just what the Broncos need, another uh, another tight end who just gets hurt. L- he, literally look at their depth chart right now. I wonder what school he went to. He's probably like either Wisconsin. He's probably went to one of those schools. Ohio actually State. I actually don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't know I think know it was either. a small school guy. Oh, okay. Okay. Just a guess. A grinder. Uh, yeah. Um... But, I mean, literally, you are counting on Jake Butt, who's coming off his second ACL surgery in three years. You're counting on Jeff Hireman, who I don't believe has ever played 16 games in a season. You're counting on Troy Fumagalli, who didn't play last season at all. Who, by the way, is hoping to be ready to be healthy in April. 
That's not the sentence you want to hear. This was a guy. The operative word you want to hear. Vance Joseph, TBT, said that they hoped he was going to be ready like a month after they drafted him. Yeah, we're hoping he's going to be ready for training camp. And now we're a year later. And he had this surgery in February of last year, January of last year. It's a little weird. Huh. So again, the last thing you can do is bring in Tyler Eifert. <laughs> and by the end of the first week of training camp, you have no tight ends anymore. Maybe the thoughts just get six tight ends that can't stay healthy, and maybe one of them will. You, no, if you just get six guys that can't stay healthy, you just patch their games together, right? We just got to get four from this guy, four from this guy, four from this guy, four from this Why guy. Why isn't Jake Butt playing at the beginning of the season? Oh, we're saving him until this guy gets hurt. Yeah, well, <laughs> someone's got to be there, right? Can't let them both get injured in the same game. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think Skangs gets some, some weapons in the draft. Yeah. Um, but free agency, I don't know. Well, speaking of weapons in the draft coming in from Tom Mercury, will we have to trade up to get Devin White? <laughs> we have to trade up to get everyone. You want Dillard trade up. <laughs> it's trade up season. No one is available at 10. No. The whole draft is gone. It's gone. No, but in all seriousness, you, you might have to, you shouldn't. Yeah, I mean you you have to give up. You probably have to give up a first round pick. Even if you have to give up two second round picks, there's just no way in the way that the Broncos are approaching this offseason they they believe they can they can sell off picks to get players. Who's the best inside linebacker in the game? Man, uh, or who's someone that you love? I so love Luke, Roquan Smith last year. Um, is it Luke Keekley? I don't know. C.J. Mosley. Luke Keekley is great. C.J. Mosley. Take any of those guys, whoever you think it is, and what would you trade for him? Would you trade? Would you trade number ten overall to get him at the at the start of his career? You know he's going to develop into that. No. So then you're certainly not trading number ten plus two seconds or a third. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not. yeah. Who is the best inside linebacker right now? And that probably points to the value of the position. There's it's a not- lot of good players out there, but it's not. It's not something that we talk about on a weekly, monthly, even yearly basis. We don't go through and say, "Oh my gosh, did you see the play of the inside linebackers around the week that, or around the league this week?" That's because we've been deprived of good inside <laughs> linebacker play in Denver for years. But we do that with quarterbacks. We say, "Oh, did you see the game that Patrick Mahomes? Oh, did you see the throw that uh, that Drew Brees had?" But even think back to when Danny T was here. Like he would go off in games, and you people would be raving about his game. Like he'd have like seventeen tackles and like a forced fumble, yep. and everyone would be like, "Wow, he dominated." Yep. Ever since then, it's just been like, "Wow, uh, they didn't lose it." For <laughs> like that's the best thing you can say. Right. Wow, Alexander Johnson's big. Yeah, I mean, sh- even in the AFC Championship game when Danny T was there, all you could say was, "Wow, Tom Brady missed a bunch of." huge opportunities for James White yeah uh, having a good in having a a stud inside linebacker to me is so so valuable I'm I'm on the same page as Vic Fangio I'm I just I don't know I, I think I'm just sick of watching just such mediocre linebacker play uh, 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 uh. it's it's it really hurt the defense last year um, not not really Todd Davis as much as Brandon Marshall, but the way uh, the way Brandon Marshall played last year was brutal. So I don't know. It's definitely not a value position. Um, but at ten, I don't think you're quite as much in the have to get a value position 
league. But if you're thinking value, there's one pick that makes a hell of a lot of sense, Zach. <laughs> and that's offensive line. Yep. I mean, the difference in three million. You can get um, you can get Andre Dillard for one sixth of the price of what uh, Trent Brown's going to get paid. That's wild. That is wild. What you can't do is have it turn into a Garrett Bowles pick. You better do some research on the type of guy you're getting here. Yes. That's been the biggest problem with these misses is Paxton Lynch. I mean, how did you not have that figured out? Of all the things that they do to evaluate quarterbacks, how did you not know that this guy wasn't a you know first in the building, last out? That, that, that should be a non-starter when you're drafting a quarterback. Was he the first player there? Uh, he's like the second or third. Uh, nope. I'm out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and and we can go down pretty much every draft and nearly every draft pick they've had that's been a fail and say, Ryan, you and I could have told you. Right. And then you look at, like, Garrett Bowles and Ryan Ramchek right next to each other. And, again, Ryan Ramchek has had the good fortune of playing with Drew Brees, uh, which will always make you look better. But there's no way you could convince me that he's not a better player. Um, and I don't even think anyone would try. And when you put those two right next to each other, how do you not – see the differences there like you met with you probably met with them back to back on the same day you talked to these two guys you couldn't tell me that it, it was clear that Ramchek was the I don't know I don't know what word to use here but I think you guys know where I'm going with it you know Ram Ramchek is is a dream offensive lineman for a coach Bowles they're they're still trying to figure out how to make him you know want to get better yeah, that this is where they're missing, and I don't know. I don't know Andre Dillard and uh, where he falls on this spectrum, but you better find out. Yeah, absolutely. You you better, and also you better find out for this position if you go this route. Coming in from Sutton fourteen Thomas eighty seven, he says, "Who does Drew Locke look like in his official combine photo?" Ryan, have you looked at it? I looked at both, and I've been saying it for a long time. Yeah. It's Jay Cutler. It is Jay I Cutler. Mean, dead on Jay and Cutler. And right now we're just talking about face. We're not talking about gameplay. Yeah, it's cr- the the comparisons are actually weird. Um, how alike they are, and it, what's actually really crazy is that I was the first person to ever say that. It's true. Ever <laughs> in this whole universe. Really quick, would Drew Locke be a if he turned into Jay Cutler? Would he be a good pick at ten? Never won a Super Bowl. Mm, bad pick. <sighs> Here's the problem. Like, Let's say Josh McDaniels doesn't trade him and come in and just mess everything up. Here's my question. Was Dan Marino a good pick? Yes. Are you sure, though? <laughs> yes. Because here's my counter argument. <laughs> what if having Dan Marino stopped the Dolphins from – needing a quarterback and they missed out on a quarterback who eventually did win a super bowl mm. i'm just saying that's, that's always because i know if brandon spano would be listening to this he'd be pulling his hair out saying <laughs> of course dan marino is a good pick and i totally understand anyone who would say that i'm just saying well what if you missed out on someone else who actually was a super bowl winner because you didn't feel like you needed a new quarterback because you had dan freaking marino uh not along the same lines but that's how i feel joe flacco is to this team not not Dan Marino, obviously, and not that caliber. Just good enough to make you feel like you don't need another one. Yep, and he's going to keep you away from all the good ones. Hmm. 
<laughs> That's depressing. But they think he can win. They think he can win. They think it's he's good certainly enough. Certainly the Dolphins thought Dan Marino was good enough to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> they, yeah. so they didn't need to upgrade that. But that's like in talking about Jay Cutler, sure, Jay, I think Jay Cutler, if Jay Cutler and Mike Shanahan would have stayed together for their whole career, I actually think it could have happened. He could have won a Super Bowl. I think so too. But as you look back, like the, the Bears just, just stayed in a better room in quarterback purgatory for longer while they had Jay Cutler. Yeah, exactly. I think it would be a good pick. A good pick at 10. What was Jay, 11? I think so. Something in there. Next one coming in from Yeti, where he says, Sorry, guys. I just refuse to get off the quarterback train. Here's a scenario for you. Cardinals commit to Murray at first overall and to trade Rosen. It sounds like the price for him is set no lower than a second-round pick. Let's say that Fangio gets his guy and then nab White at 10, which actually sounds unlikely after the combine due to him being gone already, or they go offensive line at one. What if they offer a third this year and a second or third next year to ensure they get Rosen? I know they could have taken Rosen last year, but what if Rosen at the fifth overall was simply too rich for him? A different pick value and trade for him changes the outlook of his worth somewhat, and it would make him so. It would make so much sense for Elway to go get him to be Skang's guy. Thoughts? I would love this so much if you could get. Devin White and a franchise and a potential franchise quarterback in the same draft. That's like a dream scenario. It's like it's like in I mean, it's also like getting last year getting Chubb and Rosen. If you could somehow get if you would have told someone last year you could get Chubb and Rosen in the draft, you'd be licking your chops. I just don't think John Elway likes Rosen. I don't think so either. Now, reports are coming out from Peter King this week that says Rosen is a third, third. round pick. From so two, let's for heard that from Kurt Warner. And from what he called a renowned general manager. Now, when I heard that, I thought, well, what if it's just John Elway? <laughs> John Elway thinks he sucks. So let's say you get White at 10. You get an offensive line, starting offensive lineman, maybe not left tackle, but starting offensive lineman in the second round, and Josh Rosen in the third. That's insane. Yeah. And you have Josh Rosen sitting behind Flacco for a year. Yep. It's just, here's. Here's what it really comes down to is is people, and to their credit, people were saying this before the draft last year, that Josh Rosen doesn't love football, doesn't, you know, desperately need football, has so many other interests, which to me at the, at, at that time just sounded so dumb. Yeah. But the the concerns have only grown larger within the Cardinals organization. And I think that's the underrated part of the Kyler Murray thing is they're thinking, eesh. What if Rosen just kind of flames out and, and doesn't do anything and everything to be the, the franchise guy for this team? And because of that, that's why you're seeing his value drop, in my opinion. And that's why I don't think the Broncos have any interest. If you're 100% sure that he has off-the-field issues or not a commitment to football, then you don't make the trade. If you think you can change him, or maybe not think you can change him, but there's some hope, or you did some research and found out that Arizona was a bad place for him, he didn't like it, he didn't want to be there from the get-go, whatever it was, and then take a flyer on him. Because here's the thing, I agree, John Elway doesn't love him. Ryan, do you have to love a guy to pick him in the third round? I mean, do you, do you, especially at the quarterback position, who is a top 10 potential talent in a draft, you don't have to love him. Take a flyer on him. 
Hopefully he's a, he's a great, phenomenal backup with a much better chance of turning into a, your franchise guy than any other quarterback in the third round. Here's my question, though. Let's say he doesn't exactly love football. Does putting him behind Joe Flacco and, and not playing him for a whole year do anything to help that situation? <sighs> Maybe just if there's a few less golf courses here than in Arizona. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're just giving him the keys to go do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. And and then you're right back where you were with Paxton Lynch during his quote-unquote redshirt year. Yeah. This is a pretty perfect scenario, though, to bring in a guy like this because the Broncos aren't counting on him. The Broncos don't want him to play this year. The Broncos don't plan on him to be the guy. So that, it's just it's a perfect scenario to get such a talented guy in here. But you have to make sure he wants it at least a little bit. I agree. All right, next one here is from Upstate Garbage Plate, who gives us a good list of food for the food list. Uh, and then he goes on to say, I'll keep the community updated with other amazing food I find. I'll, Love I'll it. put it all into the list. Anyways, he says, on to the Broncos now. I watched what I could of the combine, and I really want a quarterback in this draft. And while I really want a quarterback in this draft, Devin White blew all of my expectations away. He is going to be special. My question is, outside of Kyler Murray, who are you guys' favorite prospects, either from a performance perspective or ones you got to talk to? As always, you guys are the best. Who, who really jumped out for you? Well, I put very little weight into things that players that jump out to me at the Combine. But Monte's sweat, holy cow. I mean, everyone, everyone in our community, in the nation, the world, talking about how good Devin White was. He ran a, what, a 4 I think. Devin Bush was 4-4-3. Montez Sweat, 4-4-1, and he's a defensive lineman. He's even bigger than these guys. I think it's the record. It's the fastest it 40 ever for a defensive lineman. Yeah, Montez Sweat. Montez. Um, how? How is all I can say. Now, I, I thought that was impressive. I said this to you before the podcast. When would an edge rusher ever run in a straight line? <laughs> I mean, they got a strip sack and they're going to go scoop and score. Right. That'd be great. He'll pull away from everyone. Not to knock him. And obviously to get a 4-4-1, you got to blast off of that line. And that was what impressed me the most. Because you got to fly off of that line to hit 4-4-1. And so that I love. But I don't really care what the, what the speed is. Because 4-4-1, 4-4-5, 4-4-9, 4-5-2, all that matters is that first step. Everything else after that is just you have, you know, great acceleration. Well, you're not going to really have a chance to really hit, you know, hit the gas as a pass rusher. So, anyways, not to disparage anything he did. It was really impressive. <laughs> but it's just not, I don't get why everyone's freaking out over it because he's not a wide receiver. Like, that's pretty much wide receiver and corner. He's pretty much the only two positions where they're truly going to be running straight line speed. Running back if they get into the open field or, you know, any player when they're in the open field. But. Anyways, um, the guy for me, and I've been waiting to talk about this guy all day, mm-hmm. Andy Isabella. To go run a 4-3-1, look, there's been quick white slot receivers. Been plenty of them. From Wes Welker to Braxton Berrios and everywhere in between. Quickness is a very important trait for a guy in that in that slot. This dude has flat-out burner speed. You can't compare him to any of these white wide receivers. There's no one that runs 4-3-1. No. He is, to me, he's going to be a star 
I mean, a star in this league. And I said this to you guys this morning, and I, I said it with the idea that I was going to get called crazy. But I flipped on it, and we're, we're going to talk about him a little bit more later. Actually, I'll save this part. I'm going to save the comp because someone else asked about it. Why don't we just bring it in right now? Okay, fine. Coming in from Jelongo Bronco, he says, hey, guys, quick one. Do you see Isabella as a slot receiver, kind of like Wes Welker? Where do you think he'll go? Thanks. And we'll answer that after this break. Just kidding. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would be a good tease, though. Um, I thought so, too. I thought it was a perfect tease. I'm okay. curious. Okay. Here's the thing. I, like I said, I, 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 when, you put, when you said this, I said, who is the comp? And I just pulled up a highlight tape. So I wasn't, like, diving into the film. But I just watched a little Andy Isabella highlight tape. And I watched, and I said, who is that? I've seen that before. It's this little guy. He's on the outside. He's cooking everyone. Mm. Remember, Andy Isabel did not play in the slot in college. He had, like, a bazillion receptions on the outside. What I saw was Antonio Brown. Ooh. <laughs> now, again, this is at UMass. Big jump from UMass to the NFL. But let me just ask you this. Does Antonio Brown look fast to you on the field? Yeah. Yeah, he's a blazer, right? Yeah. That's his game. Absolutely. He ran like a 4-5-7. Wow. Andy Isabella ran a 4-3-1. Wow. He is going to be a nightmare mm. because he has that all all guys of his stature have those quick movements because they don't they their their legs don't have to move a lot to generate, you know, speed and change of direction. But then he runs a 4-3-1. Mm. This is I mean Andre said uh, he doesn't know if he's going to get a chance on the outside. That would be stupid of an NFL team to not give him a chance on the outside. Look, you're going to use him in the slot, but, I mean, you, you use everyone in the slot these days. He, he is going to win on the outside in the NFL. He is special. It's going to be tough for people to call him quick, right? Not, just, not just straight up fast. He is blazing. Yeah, one of the fastest people that's entering. The, I mean, one of the fastest people that will be in the NFL. Did anyone run sub 4-3? I don't believe so. So he's one of the fastest people at the combine. Well, either even if someone runs, ran sub 4-3, he's one of the fastest people at the combine. Yep, and Drew Locke loved him. It was gushing over him at the Senior Bowl. And I didn't need to see his stats to know he was fast. At the Senior Bowl, he was a baller. A baller. So, Ryan, where does he go? Probably in the early third round. Where would you take him? If I had a late second round pick, I would take him. Would you take him with the Broncos at forty one? No. Okay. Um, if if I'm getting Antonio Brown, well, if you, but that's how it always is with these guys. Sure. If you're getting their ceiling, you would get them earlier. You know, if you're getting Tom Brady when you drafted Tom Brady, well, you would draft him number one overall. <laughs> right. Um, but I I'm that high on him. I'm saying forget John Ross, forget John Brown. Give me Andy Isabella all day. Yeah. Four three one John Brown. Blazer, deep threat, mostly a nine guy. He ran four three three. Andy Isabella is faster than John Brown. He runs better routes than John Brown. He, he's fast. He's not faster than John Ross, but he certainly runs better routes. And he is. He has fantastic hands, and he was dominant at UMass. So again, and there's the small school comparison for for Antonio Brown. Now he was at CMU, yep. which is it's better, but still. Lack of competition. When he went there and he played in the slot in the Senior Bowl, 
He was one of the best players on the field. Andy Isabella is a beast. Didn't CU play UMass a few times? Yes, I think it was pre-Andy Isabella, though. Oh, I was going to say, don't you feel bad for Andy? Because I'm sure CU blew the doors off him. Mm, they almost got beat by UMass <laughs> at UMass. <laughs> um, but they came back and won. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I don't think – maybe he was there the second time they played. I can't remember years anymore. Too old for that. Uh, but, anyways, who's next? Next one coming in from Aaron, the OG MVP. He says – Hey, loving the content as always. I'll tell you what. You got me through the bus rides when I was in China a year ago, and y'all still give me entertainment before and after teaching. So big thanks to all of you at BSN. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for rolling with us, Aaron. Real quick, speaking of the OG MVP, we're getting close Ooh. to an OG MVP moment on the sale. I know I said that last week. I was, I, It was out of my control. I only you were pass, traveling. It's okay. I only pass on the information that I was given. Uh, but we are coming close to the end of this sale. So uh, anyone who subscribes between now and whenever it ends, which could be very soon, I would say before the end of this week, um, someone's going to be the next, not the OG MVP, but the next MVP. And what is that? Use promo code BRONCOS to get twenty nine ninety nine membership for an entire year. You'll get to roll with us and you get a free t-shirt. And everyone who subscribed... Thank you so much. You played a big part in BSN Denver having the highest grossing month in the history of the company last month, uh, as Brandon Spano announced on Twitter yesterday. That's amazing. And I loved what he called us the little sports network that could. Uh, yep, yep. And we're, we're just chugging along. Exactly. All right, <laughs> on to the question. He says, now, is Devin White the truth or what? At his size, the way he can run is going to impact the team right away. Now, my question is, I saw the Broncos taking Trayvon Mullen. What is more impactful to a team, a great middle linebacker or a cornerback? I personally think there are a corner that think a corner make more of an impact because of the one-on-one matchups, but a middle linebacker can be truly all over the field. Thanks, as always, for your thoughts. Um, it depends. You need, you absolutely need corners. Um, you, you can't win in today's NFL without corners. But when you have a middle linebacker who becomes your quarterback on the field, it can change the entire face of a defense. And so it really depends on where your needs lie. Since the Broncos need both, I lean towards having that quarterback out there. I want a guy who just, just runs things from the middle. Everyone knows Everyone knows they're on the same page. They know that he's calling the plays. They know everything. And, you know, Vic Fangio is in his headset. Like, that's going to be his baby out there. Whoever he's, Whoever's playing middle linebacker has to be an extension of Vic Fangio. That's why I just love the idea of just giving him the, the pick. Let him pick Devin White and just say, let's go. To, like, Devin, you're my guy. You are the difference between last year's 6-10 and 10 Broncos and this year's playoff Broncos. So for me, I would go corner, or I would go middle linebacker. But you certainly need another corner too. You're gonna have to hit on both. Yeah, you said it. Corners and what makes the world go around. That's why I would go cornerback. But man, a fantastic inside linebacker is obviously great. But it's so much fun to watch. All right, let's get to one more question here before the break. Next one coming in. We actually had a, a layover one from a few podcasts ago. Coming in from Wolf Drunk. 
I don't think you got that no, yesterday. He says, I started listening to the podcast in the postseason. First comment, so I'm going to have to contribute to the important matters first. Here in Fairbanks, we have a state-of-the-art water facility, water treatment facility, one of the best in the world. Outside of the major cities, most Alaska water is crap. A lot of it is toxic and undrinkable due to heavy mining of the major cities, most of Alaska, or, or um, due, to, due to chemicals. A lot of arsenic in the groundwater. Yeesh. There is so much heavy metal in our soil. Most well water will strain everything orange. Wow, or stain everything orange. Wow. So you got to get in the right place. Yeah, that'll bite you in the arse. <laughs> Fairbanks has no good options for Mexican food, but we are the Thai food capital of America. I have to drive 300 miles to go to a Chipotle. What? That is wild. Is that even in Alaska? Still? Deliver that far? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we know that'll take like years Probably to Probably take the same amount of time <laughs> that it took us the other night. He says, I guess I'll comment on football too. I'm not I'm not too upset by the Flacco trade. Vaughn and company carried us to a Super Bowl with a s- subpar version of Peyton Manning, and Flacco has shown he can be that, and he can win with an elite D. Plus, he finally has some legit weapons. However, I'm still looking to the future. Elway's comments about taking three years to develop a quarterback tells me he's looking for a project for Scangarello. What are your thoughts on Stidham or Rippon in the third? The other thought out here is, of course, Josh Rosen. If he's available for a second, is he worth looking into? Was he a guy Elway liked last year? I know one of the knocks on him was his arm strength and ability with the deep ball. Probably non-starters for Scangarello's offense. Your opening ad makes me feel like I should throw... Throw in a happy hello from Alaska Cannabis Industry. I work for Alaska's number one concentrate manufacturer, Good Tetrions. About 50% of the, 15% of the staff are Broncos fans, and our colors are being colors are Broncos inspired, blue and orange. Wow, a lot, of, a lot to digest. There. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to go straight to the quarterbacks in the third round. I don't want a quarterback in the third round. Mm. Third round as I've said a lot, is should be a borderline starter. If you hit, they should start for you um, right away, if not in their second year. I say take whoever's left of Stidham, Rippon, and Tyree Jackson in the fourth round. One of those guys will be there. Um, and I'm not very high on Tyree Jackson, but I think the Broncos might like him a little bit more than I do. Shocker. They, yeah, they do. Um, he does have the easy cheese. I'll give him that. Um, Stidham was really impressive this weekend and that's what we've always known about Jared Stidham though. He looks sick throwing to air where he crumbles is under pressure. And so maybe, you know, the classic, what's the word they use? Um, quarterback rehab. Maybe you can teach him to not see ghosts while he sits behind Joe Flacco, but that's going to be a tough, tough task. So I just take whichever one of those three is there, you know, you know, um, What's the what? Am I, waiters can't be choosers. Mm. You're not taking a quarterback in the first round. Well, just sit back, wait until you're past all the starters, and draft in the backup round, which starts in round four. I agree. It would just show that you don't really have a plan and that you're kind of all over the place because you need a starter in rounds two and three. All right, Zach, let's take a break here and our only true break of the day, and then we'll come back on the other side and wrap up the rest of the questions.
What's up guys, Ryan Konigsberg here, and I gotta tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward and anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect, just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. Final segment here on the BSN Broncos podcast. Great to be back with you guys on this Tuesday afternoon on a balmy 30-degree day in the in the Mile High City. <laughs> just great weather. I might go uh, tan by, by the pool later today. I was going to say tank top and shorts weather, right? Such, I mean, just summer is here. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep rolling with the questions here. Um, the first one here comes in from Mr. Freeze. He says, so yesterday he, he chimed in about Quad Cities Pizza, and, mm. I, and I came back and I was like, well, what is it? What makes it special? So he says it's pretty hard, pretty hard to describe. It's got a pretty thin crust, but not a crunchy thin crust. They rely on all of the cheese to hold the pizza together instead of the crust. Huh. The pizza is also cut into strips instead of regular triangular slices. If you're a big fan of chunky sausage, this pizza if you if you're a big fan of chunky sausage, this pizza isn't for you. They use ground up sausage, almost like made right meat. Typing that, I just realized you guys might also have not heard of made right. <laughs> you may know them as a loose meat burger. The only way I, I can do that justice is to have you Google made right. Anyway, I tried to type it out and delete and <laughs> deleted it. Sounded weird. Yeah, interesting. I'm thrown off in a hundred different pieces right now. Have you? Did you look at it? Yeah, it looks like pizza. <laughs> well, oh wait, I got to see what made right meat looks like. Oh, the made right. I haven't seen the meat. Okay, Google made right beef for me. Just like made right beef. Well, it's R I T E. R I. Holy cow! It's like, should, oh, it's like Rite Aid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also made is not the made I typed out either. Wow, interesting. Oh, right. It is like a, a house made. Let's see. I'm trying to find a... It looks like Sloppy Joe's. Let me see. You know, like, you know Sloppy Joe's, right? Oh, yeah. It's definitely yeah. Just Sloppy yeah, Joe's. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's on the pizza. Yeah, and so someone... Yeah, someone reached out to me um, and said they, they were from this area and did not like this pizza. They said it makes the, the meat being under the cheese cu- creates like a grease problem. Mm, ooh. Ju- I'm just... Into the... Wow, you're just making everyone unhappy right now. I'm you're sorry, talking I'm about just, bad I'm, pizza. Now you're destroying people's pizza that they love. I'm just giving the inside info for my guy Nick. Yeah. Well, they, they really explode the meat out of the sandwiches. I haven't had a good sloppy joe in a long time. Gotta admit, good sandwich. It is. Pain to eat. I mean, sauce. Oh, you gotta love the sauce. Anyways, so Quad Cities Pizza is is cheese over the meat, but the meat is not held together. Sloppy Joe Pizza. Sloppy Joe Pizza. (laughs) There we go. Not quite sure about the idea. I'm going to try. I'll I'll try anything. (laughs) I'll try. Absolutely. He goes, obligatory obligatory football-related portion. Are there any guys at the Combine who have no business being there? Like a guy who got 
uh, invited but has no interest in pursuing football and is just there to test and have fun. <laughs> also, I want to see a BSN combine. Have the fans put out predictions for everyone's result and maybe do some sort of prize discount from the BSN store if anyone guesses correctly. Wow. I think we would change the bench press to 135 just to make it more even. Even McChesney. Oh, also, McChesney is probably not allowed to participate for uh, morale reasons. Yeah, I was going to say, he may be the only one to hit 225. Nah, you and Brandon could probably do that. I think I could I think I could throw it up at least once. Brandon could do it. Yeah. I haven't been on my, my powerlifting game lately as I'm in shedding season. So let's do let's let's do it, but you can't have a spotter, so it'll be very interesting. Ah yes. Yeah, so That's the, how the company dies. The risk of death <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> makes it more interesting, I would say. It's like, you know, walking a tightrope across the Grand Canyon or something. Oh like the only reason gosh. people watch is to see if the guy potentially dies. One hundred percent. Yep. That's why they that's why it's a live event. Oh. Uh, I have to imagine there's no chance. Like there's there have to be some invisible way that they're gonna stop him from dying. You'd think so, right? I can't like imagine a helicopter it. just swoops up under him. Like there has to be some some rule that you can't show someone dying on TV. I would think so. <laughs> I don't know. Some, if anyone works in the TV business. Maybe at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, there's a huge foam pit that no one sees. Good luck. Hopefully you survive. <laughs> I mean, people, you know, you can die going into water at, at terminal velocity. That's true. Anyways, less death, more football. <laughs> Samuel Bisu says, hey, guys, everyone is giving their plan. So here's mine. I don't know if it works on the cap. Sign CJ Mosley and Bryce Callahan. You could probably get away with those two. May have you have to make a couple moves. Yep, shedding exactly, some guys, but exactly. Still do it. Draft Ed Oliver in the first round. Mm. Scariest defense in the league. Second round, take a tackle that Munchak likes. Third round, a speedy wide receiver. According to Andre, we can get a good one here. Thoughts for a Broncos fan in the distance. Your side is by far the best to be informed with all things Broncos. Keep up the excellent work. Yep, love it. Absolutely love it because I'm thinking that third round speedy receiver is Andy Isabella, uh, and or then- Terry McLaurin. Sure, yeah, and in the second round, you may just not be able to get a tackle, a starting tackle that Munchak likes. What I'd say is just offensive line because you can get a starting offensive lineman there. But otherwise, I love it. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way about tackle that I feel about quarterback. Like, if you're going in on tackle, you kind of got to do it in the first round. Right, exactly. So maybe you get a guard. Um, One guy that I really like who – by the way, I caved. I was doing those draft network mock drafts. <laughs> but here's the hard thing. I wanted to make it realistic. Mm. So, like, for some reason, they have Connor McGovern, yep. the non-Bronco, yep. rated, like, the 363rd best prospect. What? So he was there in, like, the seventh round. Oh I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to take him because it's not fair. <laughs> um, but I kept coming around to Titus Howard. Mm. Um, the guy from Alabama yep. State. Like yep. I just every time when I saw him there in the later rounds, I was like, I gotta take him. I just like this guy too much. I hope so. We'd have the uh, inside story before anyone else. It's true. I did that with Garrett Bowles, and it was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. You nailed that one. Uh, but I like this idea. I just yeah, you. I don't know if second round tackle is gonna work. Yep. Um, you might have to go the other way around. Go tackle in the first. Interior defense in the second, right. then speedy wide receiver in the third. Sure. Yep. It's just not as flashy of a name as a Ned Oliver would be. Yes. All right. From Tom3565, if the Broncos feel that Flacco is the way to go for this year, would free agents be better targets at a few positions to get the defense back up to t- the task of facing the Chiefs? 
What would be the most talent versus cost at free agency? Uh, would bringing in defensive players that are free agents that are similar or have prior knowledge of how Fangio's system works be best? I think that getting an experienced tight end would be the first requirement to help Flacco. Interested on hearing your outline of what they may do. Yeah, I mean, I think a Jared Cook would be a great resource for That'd Joe. That would be a game changer. For Joe. It would be huge. You need to address offensive line. If they hit corner, linebacker, tight end, maybe do something with receiver – and don't hit offensive line, don't expect great results. Here's my question as it, re- as it relates to the tight end position. Who's taking tight end in the first round? What team is primed to, to take a tight end in the first round? Off the top of my head, I don't, I don't know. That's what I always feel about these tight ends. Right. Um, I, think a, I think teams did last year. I think one, at least one guy went off the board in the first round. It just... I feel like a lot of teams would have a hard time selling themselves on getting a tight end in the first round unless they have a young quarterback who kind of needs that safety outlet and you're also, you know, getting a big-time player. I just – I keep on thinking that one of these big-time tight ends is falling to the second round. How about this? Noah Fant going 12 to the Packers in Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft and TJ Hawkinson going 23. Yeah. Uh, to I who? agree with Who's you, Who's at though. 23? Uh, the te- Texans. Who got picked at 22 and 24 in that draft? In this mock draft, yeah. Paris Campbell, the wide receiver from Ohio State, and 24 is Cody Ford, the guard from Oklahoma. Right. I can actually see sure. how those guys fit in there now. Uh, makes me feel a little bit less gung-ho on not going tight end in the first. It just seems like a hard pill to swallow. Right before the Packers pick Noah Fant at 12, though, you have Devin White going at 11. And thirteen, you have Jonah Williams. So you're really talking about players. Yeah, there. I mean those are yeah those are Noah Fant does have give off Gronk vibes though. Like when you watch him play, it's like that huge burly guy who doesn't look like he's running that fast, but he's just burning people. Right. Um, four five one. Yeah. Faster than Antonio Brown. That's wild. That is wild. I'm pretty sure Antonio Brown's gotten faster since he ran that. Speed. He has to, right? Yeah, uh, but. I mean, we've talked about this before. I think Hawkinson is a, is going to be the better pick. Right. Oh, well, fan, it, it's certainly a Bronco listed as the same size as all the Broncos tight ends, 6'5", 250. He'll fit right in. There's no way any of the Broncos tight ends are the same size. He's <laughs> huge. Um, from Bucking Broncos. Oh. Good luck. Got a long one here. Catch my breath. <laughs> you can do this. He says, excuse my long comment. So many different thoughts came to mind. First, food. Five Guys has been brought up multiple times, but only their burger is getting love. Why is their hot dog not getting any love? Personally, whenever I go, I get a little burger with all the wonderful toppings, and then a bacon cheese hot dog. Don't sleep on it. Didn't know they had hot dogs. I didn't either. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll definitely try one. I won't. Wow. Because it's it's not enough. You said you'll try everything. I, I will try anything. All right, here's the thing. If you buy it for me, I'll try it. Okay, you're not spending money on a hot dog? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to Five Guys. The mm. only way I end up at Five Guys is if I'm craving a burger. Gotcha. Yep. I, I can't throw down a burger and a dog. So no? Why don't you just do, like, no fries? Okay. And go dog. All right, I'll there do it. There you go. There you go. Love it. Love it's gonna it. Be a long, it's going to be a while, but I'll do it eventually. It's true. Um... He goes now on to free agency. This will be a group effort, but it can be done. I live right outside of D.C. and have heard some talk about a trade for Case. I will work with my contacts here, and maybe y'all can talk to the almighty Mr. Elway, and we can work something out. 
Second, since I'm in the DMV area, I'll get a jump start on sweet-talking C.J. Mosley mm. into playing for our Broncos with Fry from Futurama's approach of shut up and take my money. <laughs> we should all focus our efforts on C.J. and Juwan James next to the draft. It's easier said than done, but I believe we should trade back. Like we all know, it takes two to tango, but I believe the top the three top quarterbacks will be gone by Denver's pick, which means we can probably trade back and still get a top corner. One thing to keep in mind about that is if if you're trading back, the number one need that teams want to trade up for is quarterback, so you don't want the top three quarterbacks being gone. Exactly. He goes on, Murphy would be my choice. The guy's an absolute dog. With that said, I would love to hear what you guys have in mind uh, and what slash who will be available for our second round pick. Denver does a great job of finding late round gems, and I believe there's one that we should all keep uh, a lookout for. The gem this year is going to be Jimmy Moreland. It could be because I got to watch him at JMU, but the dude can play. Calling my shot, he's going to be a stud in this league. Okay, last thing I promise. Every year I go to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Last year it was brutal with the Philly fans, but I'm hoping this year there will be a wave of orange in Canton. Do you all plan on going? <sighs> a lot there. <laughs> By the way, in my draft network thing, I kept picking Jimmy Moreland in the later rounds. The only problem is I just... Like I, I can't trust the system. No. Um, another guy no. who kept who kept being there for me in like the fourth and fifth round was Paris Campbell. Wow, yeah. Could you imagine if jo- hopefully John's not basing everything off this? He's just going through mock drafts. He's of like, this. wow. <laughs> I think we're gonna do pretty good this year, <laughs> guys. I've done this thing about a hundred times, and I get seven players in our top one hundred every single time I do this. So you know what? Just take the next few months off. We got this. We got it. It's going to be easy. <laughs> For some reason, all these other teams are picking really bad players. Um, to Canton, I do plan on being there. Uh, we haven't figured out any logistics. Obviously, we gotta, it has to be officially announced first. Uh, at least one of us will be there. We'll see um, how we can work out the logistics. It's going to be really cool. Um, and the Broncos will get an extra game out of it, which players probably won't love, but the coaches will love. Coaches will love that. Moving on here. You want to get the next one? Yeah, next one coming in from Agathens. Is that is that how it goes? I said Agathens. Agathens, I think that's probably right. Maybe more of an Andre slash AJ question here, but would like your input on Hunter Renfro. When do you anticipate him being drafted? Could he be a fit in Denver with the new system? I can envision hit using him in a Wes Welker type role. Reliable slot wide receiver, good route runner, solid hands, not afraid of contact, a third down converter. Hmm. Wow. In my opinion, never heard that description before. <laughs> in my opinion, could open up many options. Keep tight end in line with run, look, and use him in the same way we did with Welker, up the seam or on shallow, shallow crosses. Slants tight end tree rep. I know we need a speed wide receiver to open up the defense, but it seems we need something more reliable in the short to intermediate, especially with Sutton's drops in these areas. He's got to improve there too. What do you say, Andy? Well, Andy, you should be more concerned about your uh, Andy brethren and Andy Isabella. Yeah. At the senior bowl, they weren't on the same team, but my goodness. All the jokes about Hunter Renfro being an old man. Yeah. Andy Isabella made Hunter Renfro look like an old man out there. Yeah. Um, just There's just no comparison between the two. So, with that in mind, I think you could get Hunter Renfro in the late, late rounds. Um, th- day three for sure. End of day three, I think. I think Hunter Renfro is a player, too. In the right 
system and used in the right role. He's solid. You know what you get. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to run the right routes. Not electric. Not no. electric. And Andy Isabella, on top of other players in this draft, are electric. Andy Isabella is like quickly becoming my new... Now that I have to move on from Kyler Murray... <laughs> Andy Isabella is my new guy. I don't know what it is about the short guys. So are you I saying? I have a type. Are you saying Andy Isabella is going number one overall? Are you being the first to say yeah, it? Let me, let me be the first to say Andy Isabella is going two overall. I can tell you, you will be the only one to say that this time. No, but he might go in the second round. I don't think so, but it's possible. He very well could. All right, next one. Another long one for me. From DA Bronco <laughs> Man. Uh, hi, guys. Great job, RK, on your solo effort yesterday. Thank you. Yes, impressive. It was a great pod. Just missed Zach's laugh and insight. I know. I should have had like a little soundboard with your laugh every little time laugh. I made a joke. I Man, just... would you have been pressing it just the whole time? Yeah, exactly. After <laughs> everything, even the serious things I said. He said, I did hear Zach on the radio with the guys from First and Ten at 10 yesterday morning. Great job, Zach. Oh, thank you very much. So you got you got both of us in an audio format. There you go. No food talk today. Just a few football questions. Jeez. Weird. Very weird. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Here we go. Can you compare Terry McLaurin and Andy Isabella? Are they the same prospect? I hear Isabella comps to T.Y. Hilton and, and Brandon Cooks. That's what Jim Nagy said from the Senior Bowl. I see both of those two. I'm still yeah. – Hilton is, is a rich man's John Brown. Like I got you. Just a, a burner. Yep. Not – not, I don't know. I never like having my number one, number one being that type of receiver. I agree. Um, but I would say this. I'm still sticking with my AB comparison. I'm not saying he's going to be AB. I'm just saying when I compare, I, I just, when I see that little guy winning on the outside so consistent, so consistently, that's what I see. But if he turns into AB, you'll take the credit. Then I'll say, I freaking <laughs> told you guys. He was AB all the way. Anyways. McLaurin to me is more in the Emmanuel Sanders realm of things. Uh, maybe even more in the T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks realm right. of things. Um, a little longer, you know, bigger target. I like McLaurin a lot. I'd be happy with either of these two guys being on the Broncos. And then you don't have to go spend, you know, big money out there in free agency on just getting a guy who can run run deep, take the top off for you. Like, yeah. There are a lot of guys who can take the top off for you. You don't have to spend six, seven million on John Brown. I agree. Completely agree. As much as all that research I did would be <laughs> great to have been done uh, on a guy that the Broncos actually got. I'm saying Isabella is my, my top wide receiver for the Broncos to target. Um, obviously, there's some better guys that are going to go in the first round. By the way, we might as well just have one little combine co conversation. What do you think of DK Metcalf? Unbelievable. You know what I think? What? Bust. Really? Yep. Because he can't separate? Yeah. he. I mean, he's so impressive athletically. Mm -hmm. And that'll blow you away. But but wide receiver isn't, isn't just about being big, tall, strong, and fast. You've got to be able to run routes. His three-cone drill? Yeah. yeah. You want to know who it was worse than? Who? Think of the least athletic player in the NFL you can think of. A big guy? Nope. F at an important position. Oh, man. Least athletic. I, I have no idea. Tom Brady. No way. Yes. Oh, my. How? He's just too big? I don't know. He just doesn't bend that way? Jim Nagy, when the picture came out of DK Metcalf just looking like a, a, a you know a, an alien, Jim Nagy came out and said, 
this could turn some teams off because when they get to the combine, they're going to do functional mobility screenings. Yeah. I looked into what that is. It's hard to really tell what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But what it tells me is they have a way of finding out are are you able to you know are you just a big stiff are you able to use all of that right exactly um brandon marshall the wide receiver used to use a term called popcorn muscles <laughs> saying like that guy doesn't he's not even strong he doesn't know how to use it um like he can lift some weight but he's he's not strong out there on the field i don't know if that's going to be the case for dk Metcalf. but when i see the fact that he, i mean it looks it's, it's like turning like i imagine it looked like turning a semi truck <laughs> like he's a right. semi truck but uh, right. trying to get, get around that corner interesting it's gonna take a while i think like a, a really good corner says the only way this guy's beating me is on a jump ball right and as we saw last year with Cortland sutton if that was your fifth overall pick we would have right. been really disappointed in Cortland sutton last year yep um and it's because he doesn't separate so dk metcalf I think he's gonna he's going to be this year's overdrafted combine stud. He's going in the top ten according to everyone right now. I, like I can see why you would think he's the next Megatron, right? But I can also see him just being the the next guy who blew everyone away at the combine and then and then busted out. Not like a full on bust, just not not worthy of a top ten pick. I bet some teams just take him off the board in the first round because of that three cone drill and, and that concern. I bet some other teams just say, ah, that's not important. We don't need that's it. Don't look at that number. Sounds like something the Raiders would do. <laughs> um, also, the what was it? The the shuttle shuttle run? Is that what they call it? I think so. It was also really bad, too, yeah. for him. Yeah. So Interesting. Just, just saying from my perspective. doesn't matter for the Broncos. They're certainly not taking him. No. From Polish Filipino. Fellas, can the new NFL season just get here already? I'm getting anxious for free agency in the draft. See, I... This is an enjoyable part of it for me. Maybe even more fun than this season. Yep. Especially when the Broncos just lose all the time. <laughs> it's true. I've decided that the best approach for the Broncos this offseason would be to let Fangio and Munchak go. I, at first, I just read this as to let Fangio and Munchak go. <laughs> Interesting timing. Let Fangio and Munchak go after the guys they want. That's it. The Broncos have hired two of the best at what they do in the NFL, and it's smart business decision to let them get their guys. Seriously, if all the Broncos did would target the guys that both coaches think would work in their system and could sell could excel with their coaching, the Broncos will get an A plus draft. Um or A plus offseason. I'm buying into this Flacco and build the team like twenty fifteen approach, but with better offensive line play. I can actually smell playoff contention regardless of who's in our division. Keep up the great work. I love the idea. I really do, but if you go and say Mike Hoosier guy and he says Trent Brown then you say, okay, Mike, that's your only guy, and Vic Fangio, you don't get anything. Yep. That's kind of what you're dealing with. If you say, Vic, who do you want? He says, C.J. Mosley. You go make him the highest-paid inside linebacker at over $12.9 million per season. Then you say, okay, Mike, you get a B-level guard. You get Billy Turner. Right, exactly. And then in the draft, sure, then they can go to the draft, and they say, okay, Mike, you get the first pick and you kind of overreach for a tackle at 10, and then Fangio gets a second pick, and he gets a solid corner in the second. Okay, I mean, it's not the worst. It, 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 could, be, it could be worse, but there's just not that many resources to go around this offseason. Let's just live in a, in a fantasy world real quick. If the Broncos were able to get a linebacker, a, a high-caliber linebacker, and a high cal- one high-caliber corner, 
Do you believe this defense can get in the same realm as the 2015 defense? I'm not saying they have to be – let's just say can they be a top five defense? They can be a top five defense, and that's as far as I put them because you still have questions in uh, with the safety group kind of all around. And your defensive line, it's not that it's being overlooked – there's just so many other needs, more more pressing needs, and I think that is actually still a need right now. Okay. So top five is their ceiling. Yeah. Um, can Joe Flacco be as good as Peyton Manning was in his last season? Certainly. Do you think that's the way the Broncos are looking at this? Yep. I do too. Yep, because that, that's how John built a winner. I think they're saying, look, we need an experienced quarterback who can get us in the right place um you know make some clutch plays at the end of games and we need a top five defense yeah if we can do that we can win now that's what they thought they were doing the last two years okay well we just we'll just start trevor simeon because all we need is him to do is to not turn over the football now that turned out to be a terrible idea and they said all right let's upgrade let's just get a better trevor simeon uh and they got case keenum and that fell flat as well odds are this one should hit right i mean Keep swinging. Eventually, you're going to hit. This one has hit in the past. Yep. So why can't he do it again? Yeah, I think that's what they're thinking here. He give hit in a Mile High City, too. Yep, he sure did. Um, give me a strong quarterback, like a solid quarterback. Although, we the word top 10 was said to us uh, at the Combine. And if that's the case, then they're, they're certainly a playoff team. But give me a strong quarterback and a fantastic defense. I really think that's what they're they're planning on. John and the Broncos could either look so smart at the end of this year. Oh, my gosh. They got their quarterback for the next eight years for a fourth-round pick, and they're paying him $20 million next year and $22 million the year after. What an unbelievable job. Or it's going to be, yeah, these guys are living in the past. They are, they are swinging and missing over and over again. John Elway has no idea how to evaluate how to evaluate quarterbacks. He's afraid to draft them, so he goes out and just gets washed-up quarterbacks, and that is crazy how different the sentiment can be. It all relies on Joe Flacco. Or it, it, it could also be somewhere in the middle, you know, 8-8. Eight and eight. It could look so genius yeah. if, if this hits. The Broncos are getting their playoff-caliber quarterback for $10 million cheaper than everyone else. Or what if Drew Locke is there at 10 and you say no? We want this cornerback. We want Devin White. We trade back, whatever. And then Drew Locke goes out and has an MVP season. Or goes out, or not MVP, Rookie of the Year season. Or goes out and leads a bad team to a 9-7 and seven record and looks like the truth. By the way, I mean, I'm going to add on to that point. Why did John Elway open his mouth about Kyler Murray? <laughs> because he's just going to look burned? Yes. Right. He should have just said... Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how he does in the NFL. Um, I think he's a really talented player uh, who's going to, you know, who has a chance to be special. Yeah, he, he needs some RK advising. He could have said uh, be special in the right system. That's all he had to say. Right. But now the narrative will always be that, Kyle, that John Elway thought Kyler Murray couldn't succeed in the NFL, which isn't really what he said. But that's how the narrative will be twisted when Kyler Murray is tearing up the NFL. The fair narrative will be John Elway was n- would never give Kyler Murray a chance. Yes. Yeah. I can't believe no one asked. 
uh, th- that question didn't get in to Kyler Murray mm. of what did you think of John Elway's comments. This isn't just another GM. This is John Elway. Yeah. And, I mean, he, he was asked if he met with the Broncos. I mean, what a waste. Such a waste. Especially after they, the Broncos said they had not taken him. <laughs> yeah, and it was weird. They asked me if I'd play tight end. Right. He's like, oh, yeah, they wanted me to switch to slot receiver. <laughs> they said they saw some real – they got some real Andy Isabella vibes from me. <laughs> um, yeah. I just wish he wouldn't have said that because now forever yep. – Kyler Murray and John Elway will be tied in Broncos country. Yep. And people will say he was wrong on Kyler Murray. He was wrong on Russell Wilson. Uh, he was wrong about Case Keenum. He was wrong starting Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch. And it just adds, like, all he did was give the chance for him to be wrong about another guy. Exactly. He should have known that the Broncos would have no chance to take him. Right. And just said, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. Um, I think he can have a lot of success in the right system. Good answer. Move on. <laughs> he, had, he had to hitch his wagon that's to his john take. though that's john that's why you love him and that's why some people get frustrated gotta have a take yep gotta have a, he should be <laughs> on, on the john. radio <laughs> man he'd be good he would all right final one here is from chilongo bronco it says hey guys quick one do you see isabella as a slot receiver i love that the isabella train has started yeah oh, it's never man. stopping now just wait i was gonna say it's only gonna take off yep it's gonna turn into a jet uh do you do you see is it just like andy do you see Isabella as a slot receiver, kind of like Wes Welker? And maybe this is a question for Andre, but where do you think he'll go? So we've kind of already answered both of this. But in the slot regard, he can be a slot receiver. Like, he, he will be a great slot receiver. I just think that's pigeonholing him just because he's white, honestly. Right. Um, and I think he can he can win in the NFL on at, at every position on the field uh, in terms of the wide receiver position. Not to mention, he could be an electric returner, too. Um, mm. So... We have to look past his skin color and see him for the player he is, which is a burner wide receiver who just happens to be short. That does not mean he can't play on the outside. And I talked about this after after the Senior Bowl. He was uh, doing slants. He was catching screens and taking them to the house. He was going deep and catching them deep. He was going deep on the left on the right and the middle. I mean, he was doing everything. He was playing on the inside, and he was playing on the outside. And the reason he was playing on the inside is because NFL teams requested to see him play on the inside, which, again, I feel like they're putting him in a box. There's no need for him to be in that box. But it doesn't matter where you put him, in my opinion. He's going to win routes. Um, and I just, I'm just dreaming here of Emmanuel Sanders, healthy, Cortland Sutton and Andy Isabel on the field. And then you have, you know, Deshaun Hamilton out there as well. It feels good. That that sounds dangerous. And all it is is a third-round pick and a healthy Emmanuel. And all three of those guys can be deep threats Man. In, their own, in their own regard. I've, I've, I, you go from not feeling good about the position to feeling really excited. And, and the way Rich Scangarello wants to run this offense is to put big-time pressure on the back end of the defense. Big-time pressure. Yep. You've got three guys who can be – back there at all times you got three guys running deep routes at the same time yeah you can only cover two with those safeties someone's gonna get single coverage so i know i know rich is is licking his chops at this idea it's just about whether elway will exactly can it's he too short to play him? under center that's what <laughs> I was gonna say. there you <laughs> go well if we, we were playing out of the shotgun all the time it would make more sense <laughs> all right i think that's gonna wrap it up for us today on the bsn broncos podcast Glad to be back with you, Zach. Uh, had a lot of fun being back on the podcast. And before we get out Welcome of here. Welcome home. Yes, I'm, I'm happy to be back. Uh, I will only be here for a short time. 
which we'll talk about after this. Uh, but uh, before I let you guys go, I'm going to tell you about Total Beverage. You can order your liquor on a mobile app and have it delivered to you on that same day. And let's just one-up that. You'll save money while doing it. That's exactly what's going down at Total Beverage. Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And they have the lowest prices in the state, too. Plus, they're locally owned and operated, so you're helping out the local guy. And we know you love the local guy. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and their app. Use promo code BSN10 to save $10 off $50 purchases for all of your parties and have it delivered straight to your door. You're going to get the delivery and the discount on the same order. It's pretty awesome. Anyways, thanks for tuning into the podcast, and we will talk to you tomorrow. It's getting me-